It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW Sault Ste. Marie. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players that are involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories, too. Now, let's get to the game and join your host. Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on News Talk 1400. You can also hear our show online at Newstalk1400.net and podcasts available at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our Newstalk 1400 studios in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, on this Monday, June 20th, 2022. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, will be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight. Coming up on tonight's show at the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by co-host David McKay Jr., host of the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario, as we will discuss all the things going on in the North. Also joining us later tonight, co-host Butch Davis, host of Butch on Sports, who will talk to us about what is going on in the Metro Detroit sports region around the area across the country and around the world. But joining us now, we have the head coach of the Pickford Panthers softball team, fresh off their first ever state semifinal this past weekend in East Lansing, Matt Hudacek, joining us on the game. And Matt, appreciate you taking time out and joining us after a very successful season. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. Um, It was a really good year and just uh, trying to look back and enjoy it now. Well, let's look back and enjoy uh, what was the best ever season for Pickford in softball. Uh, you know, going into the season, Matt, you had a lot of expectations at the beginning of the season, uh, making it to the districts last year, losing uh, to Rudyard, who won, or I should say, made it to the state final last year. Just you know, take us back into you know the early days. Obviously, weather was a factor. You couldn't get on the field right away going into the season. I know uh, you, your goals rather were to win districts, but just at the beginning of the season, how did you feel about how this year would all transpire? Yeah, even looking back at that loss last year in the districts, um, most of our team was returning. So when we got together in March again. Uh, we talked about the goal was to win the district and uh, we worked hard at it early in spring practice. You're stuck in the gym. Um, we put together a schedule where, you know, we started off with three games in the dome in Marquette, um, which was just great to get you know, a three game guarantee in the first weekend of April with snow still on the ground was, right. was big. Um, and then we just worked from there. We went down state and played some good schools down in Ravenna Um and we packed a lot of games into our schedule to try and gear towards getting better to win the district. So it took a while to get on the fields, obviously, here in the Eastern Upper Peninsula. I umpired some of your early games and, you know, playing against some teams maybe that aren't quite the caliber of your club. One of the things I noticed is you're always stressing, you know, the fundamentals. And that's, I think, one of the biggest uh, keys to your success from, you know, outside perspective looking in is you had great pitching. We're going to talk to one of your pitchers coming up in the next segment. You had great hitting, but you also had real good defense and fundamentals early on in the season. Is that something that you, you know, intentionally preach to your players is, you know, especially when a game gets out of hand, maybe it's 14, 15, nothing in the second inning, your team always seemed to have that focus no matter what the situation. 
Yeah, that was one of the big things. And, you know, the girls kind of laughed, but we would say it all the time to stay disciplined or stay focused um, just on little things because it doesn't matter what the score is. You've got to keep working on those little things because that can be a difference in a one-run game. Regular season, you finished second in the Straits Area Conference behind Sheboygan. You had some real good games with uh, the Sioux and Rudyard. Uh, you know, Straits Area Conference definitely getting better, I think, uh, from top to bottom. Just conference-wise going into district, uh, were you satisfied with your regular season and, and especially playing some of the out-of-league games? I know you played Mackinac City, a very good team, uh, some other teams downstate. Were you happy with how the regular season went? Yeah, for sure. You know, we look back and yes, there's games that we think we should have or could have won um, because we did make some mistakes in those games. Um, but we carried that forward just to get better when we got back to practice and worked on those and didn't let those losses define our season. It was just to help us get better every day. You were able to beat Rudyard during the regular season, Matt, and they were your first opponent in the district semifinal, which seems like it was a long time ago now. It really wasn't. It's amazing how quickly the season goes. You win that game at 10 to 7 in Newberry, and you know, you, you probably had that one circled on your calendar uh, when the season came out, certainly when the district draw came out. Uh, just the, the feeling that you and your teammates had, you know, beating Rudyard, they've been the powerhouse in Division Four in this area for many many years just to overall just how that game went and the feeling after that you had and your players had yeah it was a big deal um the conference games were big um we split with them at their place um but getting that win i think kind of gave our girls the confidence of hey we can we can beat them um and yeah they're the top program so you have to go after those ones and they graduated a lot but they still um they don't necessarily rebuild, they reload, yep. you know, there, there's always kids coming up to take places. So, um, we knew that, uh, that was going to be a big game in the district and we'd have to fight hard and, uh, we were able to pull that one out even after we got behind. Matt Hudacek joining us on the game, head coach of the Pickford Panthers softball team. Matt, you would go on to beat Brimley in the district final 13-3, to winning your first ever district. And then you went out west to Norway for your regionals. You had some rain issues. You were able to get your first game in against Hancock, winning 12-1, to and then had to wait till Sunday, winning that game again pretty convincingly, 11-4 to over Norway. So your goals at the beginning of the season were to win the district district did you change your approach at all going into regionals i always like to use the term playing on the house's money you, you got your goal now you're you're just kind of playing extra softball uh, what what was your uh, approach going into the regionals and certainly on the field your team performed extraordinarily well winning their first ever regional yeah that was pretty much it we talked about that that you know we we're playing bonus softball yep you know just like if you're in overtime it's you know you hear it on tv you know we're getting free baseball and extra innings or whatever um, so just trying to stay loose and see what could happen. And, um, they worked hard and in practice leading up to it and they wanted to try and win it. And, you know, they went after it. And they did, and uh, making a game or a date, I should say, here in Sault Ste. Marie this past Tuesday, state quarterfinal, first ever quarterfinal for Pickford, uh, taking on a really good Hillman team that uh, anytime you win that district down there, you have the perennial Roger Cities and the Onaways of the Worlds. You win that game 5-4. to four. Uh, You got off to a little bit of a slow start in that game, but you are able to just kind of settle your nerves and uh, win a close game. A lot of people at the game just just uh, walk us through that game. Certainly uh, probably the biggest win in the history of the softball program in Pickford. 
Oh, for sure. And it was a quick turnaround. Like you said, the rain delay in the regional, we didn't finish the regional until Sunday. Um, and then quick get home late Sunday night, um, get together a little bit Monday for kind of just to clear the cobwebs a little bit and then play Tuesday. Um, and that one, we knew Hillman was going to be good. Their pitcher is really good and that we'd have to put together a good game. And um, we had a game plan. The girls stuck with it on the approaches at the plate, um, getting good pitches to hit um, and focusing defensively and just doing the little things. And we were able to uh, sneak that last run across to get a lead late and, and held on defensively. Even after a mistake, uh, we played through that, and that's a, a big thing that we were able to accomplish with that tying run on. And it was uh, certainly an exciting ending. We're going to talk to another one of the players from the Panthers softball team, Chloe May, who made that snag at shortstop, Matt. Uh, you know, coming out of the dugout, obviously, it was a hard-hit ball, and Chloe was able to get up there and snag that. Did you know that was a sure out off the bat? Because it looked like it was going to be a hit, but, boy, Chloe made a real nice play on that ball. Um, I looked to me like it was going to go to the gap and I thought we were going to be in trouble, um, just when it came off the bat, but it was hit hard and she just happened to be in the right place and ready for the ball and was able to make that snag. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty imp impressive to, uh, run out of the dugout and, and to uh, get together in the middle of the field with that one. Yeah, always an exciting time for any team making it to a state semifinal, and we were talking all off the air, Matt, about just not a lot of teams in this area have done that, making it to the big stage this weekend in East Lansing, a Division Four semifinal, and uh, you took on Unionville Seaboing, and boy, that program, uh, they've won state titles now three straight years. Uh, tough game against a, a very good pitcher, losing 13 to nothing. You were able to put the ball in play on a pitcher I believe that was averaging two strikeouts an inning throughout the regular season. Just just walk us through that game. It was the team that beat Rudyard uh, almost by the exact score, 14-1 to last year, and they ended up winning the state title. Uh, how did things go on Friday? Well, that was a tough one. Um, the girls had the same mentality going in just to uh, stay loose but to play hard and stay focused. Um, there was a couple of innings that got away from us. Um, we felt like we you know, could have maybe played a little bit better, but um, yeah, we put some balls in play and they made plays and she was a heck of a pitcher. Um, they graduated their pitcher from last year. Right. They just reloaded with this one. Um, and I would say probably the best pitcher we've seen all year, of course, happens to be at the state semifinal. And, um, you know, they were just a really good team. Matt Hudacek joining us on the game, head coach of the Pickford softball team. And Matt, uh, I know one of your coaches, Steve May, very well, uh, very helpful with uh, the squad. Of course, the father of Chloe, who we'll talk to in the next segment. Uh, talk talk a little bit about uh, how you have worked a relationship with him on the field and some of the other people that have helped you out with this Panthers team this season. Yeah, uh, Steve and I have actually been friends for a long time. Uh, our kids have grown up together and uh, when I got the job here, of course, I told him he had to come help me. Yeah, um, got him on so, a umping a little bit. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, no, we, we think a lot about the game the same way. So a lot of times, you know, he's making adjustments as I'm calling pitches, and we just we work really well together. So it flows really good. So. Great senior and junior class in Pickford sports, uh, making it uh, to the quarterfinals in basketball, also winning a volleyball district, and of course the softball team. Uh, five seniors, I believe, Matt, from this year's squad. Uh, just give us a little bit about uh, them this season and uh, what they're going to be doing uh, in their future, if you if you even know. Yeah, I mean that was a big deal for them. That's to close out a senior year the way they did was was huge. Um, Lucy Bennon, um, was our team MVP, 
Um, she's going to be going to Hope to play softball. Nice. Um, Kennedy Guild uh, will be going to Aquinas to play basketball. Um, and I'm not sure. I think Lizzie Story is going to Albion. I'm not sure if she's going to be playing. Um, and then Morgan Fox and Anna Prouche uh, going on to college. Um, don't know if they'll be, um, you know, going after any athletics, but going after their careers now, um, both at Ferris. Um, they're all great students, so I, I think they'll all do great things. And uh, outside of Finley and Chloe, who we'll talk to in the next segment, uh, tell us about the rest of the team and their contributions this year. I mean, it seemed to be a very tightly knit group, and obviously when you when you win a lot of games, that makes things a lot easier for everyone involved. Uh, just give us an idea of some of the other players who helped out Pickford this year. Yeah, so the, we had the five seniors that started, Chloe and Finley, and Laura Bush is another sophomore that started um, and I look for those three and then some other sophomores, um, Emma Wallace, um, Anna Blankhorn and Ava Nettleton. Um, I believe next year will be as juniors that all start to step in and, and take on roles, um, not replacing those players that are leaving, but, you know, building, um, and Madison Thermos will be coming back as a senior. Uh, look for her to, to help lead the program next year too. And Matt, you know, this year's second year, I believe as head coach, uh, you know, it's been a, a team that's been building, but how did you get such a quick uh, turnaround as far as that rebuild to, you know, be able to make it to the state semifinals? It, it's not just at, you know, the varsity level, but it's at the lower levels. I know you're very involved with uh, little league softball and uh, travel softball in the area. What, what is the secret to your success that you want to share at least uh, to our listeners? Well, I was definitely fortunate to inherit uh, a roster with some really good athletes and good ball players um, and they they dedicated themselves to um, to trying to win um, and a lot of them like I said you know Sioux Little League is done for years uh, trying to build um, athletes and ball players whether it's baseball or softball for all of the schools in the area um, and then so several of our players have come through that and several several have come through the Sioux Legacies program that Linda Bouvet has run forever yep um, you know so all of that working together um, to try and get better softball in the area. Matt Hudacek joining us on the game. Coach, appreciate you taking time out for joining us. Uh, congratulations on a very successful season for Pickford and looking forward to seeing you on the field, uh, hopefully not too late in April of next year. Enjoy your summer. I'm sure we'll uh, run into each other at some point. And uh, thanks for joining us on the game. Thank you, Scott. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back, we will talk more Pickford softball with a pair of sophomores as we will talk to Chloe May and Finley Hudacek, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Are you looking to get fit or maybe just stay in shape? The All-in-One Fitness Club can help you with all your fitness wants and needs. Their great facility is fully equipped with locker rooms, saunas, and the best cardio equipment, along with the best plate-loaded and cable equipment around. The All-in-One Fitness Club also offers great deals for seniors, students, state, and federal employees, all with no yearly contract and no hidden fees. Wow! Come join today upstairs at the Big Bear Arena, where you'll achieve all your fitness goals. For more information on ours and more, go to Sutra. Health.com. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern Upper Peninsula for over 40 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Call 906-632-1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric. 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. 
Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 617 on the game, News Talk 1400. And joining us now from the Pickford Panthers softball team that made it to their first ever state semifinal over the weekend. A pair of sophomores on the team, uh, Chloe May and Finley Hudacek. Ladies, appreciate you joining us on the game and congratulations on what was a very, very good season for both of you. Thank you. Chloe, we're going to start with you because uh, I went to school with your mom and I've known your dad for a long time. Uh, we didn't draw straws here. So uh, just uh, just tell us a little bit about how you got into softball. I know your family is very much into sports. Uh, I've umpired with a couple of your brothers and, uh, you know, everyone has been at very athletically inclined in the May family. How did you get into softball and how early did you start? Um, yeah, my family is very big into sports and all of my older siblings played like little league and softball and baseball. So I don't know. I kind of just started as soon as I could. <laughs> and, and Chloe, your dad, uh, Steve May, assistant coach on the team. And I'm going to ask Finley the same question. Playing for your dad. We can be honest here. We don't have to sugarcoat anything. Has that been a, a good experience? Does it make it tougher when your dad's the coach or how has it been so far? You're a sophomore, so you might have a couple more years at least. Um, well, yeah, sometimes it can be frustrating, <laughs> but I don't know. I think he also just kind of wants to make me better. And so he just tries really hard to like push me. <laughs> also joining us, uh, sophomore Finley Hudacek, uh, pitcher for the Pickford Panthers. Uh, Finley, uh, thanks for joining us and welcome to the game. Thanks. I'm going to ask you the same question. Uh, how did you get into softball as far as at what age and pitching? You know, that's that's a tough position in softball and in any sport. Uh, certainly, you know, you're out there a lot and you pitch the majority of the games. At what point did you know that you were going to be a pitcher? Well, I started at T-ball when I was like four probably with my dad and then I took a break until I was probably 10 and the first practice I started pitching and now I'm just pitching. I don't know. <laughs> and your dad, of course, the head coach who we just talked to in the last segment asked you the same question as Chloe. Uh, how is it playing for your dad as coach? It's not, you can't get away from the coach. You guys both have to go home and, and hear the dinner conversation and such, but uh, how, how's that been for you so yeah, far? It's a love hate relationship for sure. Um, <laughs> he pushed me to make me better. 
but sometimes I just don't want to hear it from them, but it's good the majority of the time. <laughs> Chloe, we'll go back to you for the next question. You know, going into this season, uh, yeah, yeah, your team had a lot of high expectations. You wanted to win the district, and uh, let's go right to the district. You beat Rudyard, obviously a big rivalry between Pickford and Rudyard, and uh, just, uh, you know, the season and, and winning that game against Rudyard, that had to feel pretty darn good. Oh, it definitely did, because last year, losing to them in a close game in the district, it just made one of our big goals this year to beat Redyard in the district and come out with a win. So it was definitely very exciting. And Finley, you were on the mound uh, for that game, obviously uh, beating Rudyard. You beat him during the regular season once. Uh, that that had to feel pretty good. Uh, you know, you, your team goals were to win the district. You did have to win another game, and you did against Brimley. But, you know, beating Rudyard, that, that had to be a lot of fun out there on the mound. How did you feel when that game was over? Oh, I was so happy that we won. Ever since that loss last year, we were just focused on beating them and winning the district. And, and Chloe, you play shortstop, as I mentioned. Uh, was that a position of choice for you, or is that just something that, uh, you know, it's a, another important position in softball or, or baseball? Was that something that you wanted to do earlier, or did you just develop into becoming a shortstop a little bit later in your career? Um, well, I last year I played second base, and – well, we tried second base a little bit this year, but then they eventually moved me over to shortstop. And I don't know, I've been playing like infield my whole life, even in Little League. So I, I kind of just like, I don't know, I like the infield. So yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a big position. And Finley, you know, umpiring some of your games, being behind the plate, uh, how many different pitches do you have? I mean, do you have like three or four different pitches? Or And the next question is, what is your best pitch? Oh, okay. Well, obviously location with fastballs and then change up, rise while drop, all of them really. Um, I like the drop ball because it just moves and they can just swing under it. And a uh, follow-up question to that, uh, how was my strike zone? I thought it was pretty good. Okay, that's a I great answer. All right, very good. That's that's a good answer, and I didn't think I'd get many complaints from Pickford or anything lately. I got enough of those last week, but we'll, we'll move on. Uh, Chloe, going back to you, we're with Chloe May and Finley Hudacek from the Pickford Panthers softball team. So you win districts, you beat Brimley, you go out west uh, to take on uh, Hancock and uh, also Norway, and you won both those games convincingly were you more nervous for the Rudyard game than maybe those games because you got the big win you got the district uh, were you more nervous before that Rudyard game or were you, was it just a kind of a relaxing regionals if there's such a thing um I was I was more nervous for the Rudyard game because I knew we had to win that first to go on to anything else and um the regional it it was a lot of fun um we weren't as nervous because it was just we were seeing how far we could get, and we weren't expected to do the win the regional. So I don't know. And Finley, you were on the mound for both of those games. Uh, you know, you, you expected to be done Saturday, and all of a sudden the rain came. Did you did you guys have like hotel reservations kind of in, in the back of the mind, or was that the coaches that did that? Or well, once we got we got through four innings of the first game, then it just started pouring, and so we were like, well, we're probably not going to get the second one in. And then, yeah, we were thinking that we were going to have to spend another night in that hotel, and it was the beds were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> we won't mention the hotel in case they're, they're a sponsor. But uh, <laughs> did, did it was it an advantage to be able to, because I believe the other semifinal was that day, right, on Sunday. Was it an advantage to you to watch that game and, uh, you know, go into this regional final fresh, or did that really even factor? Yeah, I think it was an advantage. We could watch both those teams and just prepare by, I don't know, watching both of them. And then, yeah, we were all fresh and 
ready to play. So. Chloe, back to you. A quarterfinal this past Tuesday in Sault Ste. Marie, a knockoff Hillman 5-4. to four. Uh, Certainly that was uh, as about as close a game as you're going to have in high school softball. And when you made that catch at the end at shortstop, uh, did you know you had it? You had good position on it. You made the nice leap. Uh, did you Did you know that once that ball is off the bat, that's in my glove and it's staying there? No, I did not. Um, I just knew that I tried, like, I just jumped my highs to see if I could catch it. And I felt it in my glove and I wasn't sure if it was in it or not. So it was, it was exciting when I found out that it was. And Finley, good defense is always a pitcher's best friend. Uh, when you turn around and you, you saw that ball hit, uh, it had to be, be a big sigh of relief uh, to see Chloe make that play. And then you all converged at the pitcher's mound. Uh, certainly, you probably owe her a dinner or two, I think, on that one. <laughs> yeah. It came off the bat so hard, and I was like, shoot, it's in the gap. But then I turned out she was right there, so I was relieved a lot. Chloe May and Finley Hudacek joining us on the game from the Pickford softball team. couple more questions, ladies, before we let you go. You go downstate uh, this past weekend and took on a very good Unionville Seabowing team who ended up winning uh, the Division Four finals over the weekend. A tough game, 13 to nothing. But uh, the question I'm going to ask, not as much as the game, Chloe, but just the experience of really getting on that big stage. Now, you two are both sophomores, so you have a couple more opportunities to get to that stage again and beyond. Just how was the experience overall, just, you know, making it one of the four best teams in all of softball in Division Four? Uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was such a good group of girls. Like, I'm glad this is the team that we made it there with, and I know it was an awesome experience to be able to play at Michigan State. Finley, I'll ask you the same question on the mound. Uh, you know, you got, you got the college field and you got the, you know, big stands and, and probably a pretty big crowd. How was the experience for you, you know, making it to your first softball semifinals as a sophomore? Yeah, it was crazy. No one was really expecting it. We were always the underdog. So we really didn't have anything to lose because we weren't really supposed to be there. So it was just fun. Chloe, uh, plans for the summer as far as softball? Uh, do you both uh, still you know, play as far as travel ball? And what are some of the things you're looking at doing this summer? Um, yeah, I'm going to p- try to play in a couple tournaments for the Legacies this summer. With Finley. <laughs> yeah, and Finley, I was going to say you're playing there, so really the softball season never ends. Well, ladies, it was great to have you on. Thanks for coming on the show, and uh, congratulations on a very successful season for Pickford, first ever softball semifinals, and uh, enjoy your summer. You're going to be upperclassmen next year, and uh, certainly uh, good things are already happening with Pickford softball, and good things are probably more to come. Thanks for joining us on the game. Thank Thank you. you. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We will talk to David McKay Jr. from the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Welcome back to The Game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you and joining us once again on this Monday night, co-host of The Game here on News Talk 1400 and host of The Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, David McKay Jr. joining us once again on The Game. Kegger, how you doing on this Monday night, sir? Scotty, my friend, I am doing great. Uh, it hasn't been the most beautiful day outside all, but it doesn't matter. It's a Monday. It's a work day, you know, keeping busy. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Dave. And uh, even though it's still uh, June on the calendar, uh, still some hockey to be played, including in the Stanley Cup, uh, Game 3 tonight in Tampa as the Tampa Bay Lightning face an 0-2 deficit against the Colorado Avalanche, the Avalanche with a huge thumping 
of the Lightning on Saturday at home at seven and nothing. So pretty much a, a do or die situation for Tampa Bay. Yes, uh, teams have come back from 03 deficits before. Never. In, in a Stanley Cup final, to my knowledge, and uh, certainly from what we saw Saturday night, Dave, uh, the Lightning, their backs up are up against the wall. Your thoughts on uh, the first two games of the Stanley Cup and where this series goes from here? Honestly, when I look at this series, a couple things I can look from different angles. And uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, you have a team that's entering familiar territory, okay, from just last series that are down 0-2 to the New York Rangers, who had an impressive homestand. And, uh, you know, Vasilevsky didn't really look like Vasilevsky to a degree, but I think Colorado exposed them even more than what the Rangers did. You know, I don't want to say that they listened to my tape or anything, but the way that they're shooting the puck and utilizing the screen on the shot in the zone and also on the odd man rushes. That's what's making them really successful. Look at Darren Helm's goal. I know a lot of Detroit fans out there that listen to the show and the guy's going after his first cup in 14 years. He's the type of guy that wins you a playoff series, those bottom six guys, and that's what's really stepping up right now. You have uh, Nazem Kadri, uh, who has been out of the lineup for Colorado, uh, Andre Barakovsky wasn't on the ice uh, for the skate, but uh, both Kadri and Barakovsky are day to day. I don't expect them to be in the lineup uh, for the matchup. Uh, tonight, I think that if they're going to be in the matchup, it's for maybe game four or five or when, when we return to Colorado, depending on what happens. Right now, the, the depth is really stepping up for Colorado. That's brought them success. But back to Vasilevsky, he's been exposed. And this is a guy who, if you look at his stats, there's every freak of nature stat you can look at. You know, when they're down 0-2, what he does. After he loses the game, what he does. After he lets in this amount of goals, what he does. But this is the first time that he He's let three goals or more in the first period in his career in the in the NHL playoffs. So at the end of the day, this is somebody who is a proven winner. And once you do solve Vasilevsky, that exposes Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a very good hockey team, not taking that away from them. They're talented up front. Defensively, they have a stud in Victor Hedman back there. Uh, McDonough still gets the job done. I'm a Chernick fan. Uh, I'm also a foot fan. I feel like they have some uh, some good talent on their back end. And obviously up front with Braden Point coming back, I thought that would give them an even bigger boost. But Colorado found a way. And I think a big part of their success is, yes, Kempers step up the first two games. But their defense, as predicted, that needed to be good. They've been good. They've been getting the puck out of bad areas, letting Kemper see the shots, and Colorado is shooting the puck in the right time. So everything's just going for Colorado. But Tampa Bay's uh, biggest issue right now is that Vasilevsky can just make that additional save where, uh, you know, the guy's the big reason why that they won the cup a couple years in a row, and now Colorado's found a hole, and multiple holes for that matter, and it's bringing them success. And I think if Vasilevsky can get to that player that he showed in the first round against Toronto that eliminated the Leafs uh, in game seven and stapled the win in game six for them, that's the Vasilevsky they want to see. Or that Vasilevsky that got a shutout in the fourth game against the Florida Panthers, a 40-plus save shutout. If they get that Vasilevsky that's literally a brick wall, then Colorado is going to be screwed. Because uh, Tampa Bay, I don't think Kemper is going to go back-to-back shutouts, especially in Tampa Bay. It's going to be a very raucous crowd there. 
And ultimately, the Tampa Bay Lightning are in a big situation here. Okay, to go down 3 0, it goes without saying. You are really up against the wall. It's not impossible to battle back from. Uh, but to go down 3 0 to a very, very good hockey team in the Colorado Avalanche, I don't like your chances uh, to battle back from that. So it's a very pivotal game. If I had to give a prediction, though, I think Tampa Bay is going to win this hockey game tonight, the, the third game. I feel like being at home, uh, the third game, and knowing that they're up against the wall, that's when Tampa. Tampa really comes out the most, especially Vasilevsky. So I feel like they're going to win this game. I did predict a seven-game series, but the way this is going, I'd be very surprised, or sorry, I wouldn't be surprised if Colorado won it at home in game five, Scotty. That's kind of how I feel too, Dave. You mentioned uh, one of the other points I was going to hit on as far as Colorado's depth, which I think has really come through in this series. And the other thing, Dave, is just uh, fatigue. Uh, you know, Tampa's played not just this year in the playoffs, but you go back the previous two seasons, they played a lot of hockey, and most of these guys have been there throughout that process. I'm not saying that the reason they lost the first two games is because of fatigue, but when you look at Colorado's depth, and just all the games Tampa's had to play, it really bodes well for the Avalanche to win this series, at least uh, from what I've seen so far. Honestly, and the Tampa Lightning, you bring up a good point of fatigue. They win the cup back-to-back. A lot of games have been played, right? And uh, Colorado has swept Nashville. They right. beat St. Louis in six. But then they swept Edmonton. And I know Edmonton fans are sitting there saying, oh, look all we did against that, against Colorado. I guess we don't look that bad. Okay, wait, take, pump the brakes. You guys got swept. It doesn't matter. It does not matter if you won, if you lost game seven, six, you still lost. Uh, does, trust me, take it from a Leaf fan. Uh, when you lose, you lose. It doesn't matter. You're still on the other side. Uh, so yeah, that doesn't mean the Edmonton Oilers are better than Tampa Bay or Toronto by any means. Uh, I'm not going to say if they are or not better. I don't need to have that argument, but Colorado did have a way to the Stanley Cup final that was a bit more easier on the body and Tampa Bay Lightning has been very taxing to them they had those long runs they've had a tough series against Toronto right a very tough series Florida oh, for some reason that was a cakewalk maybe not for Vasilevsky it wasn't because he had a lot of shots uh, but the players they're able to get the job done and against New York they also got tested uh, and they're getting battered and bruised and the Colorado's finishing their checks and what I like about Colorado Scott and you can look at a recent article online uh, what Colorado is doing for points of success they mentioned in different areas. They said they're watching game tape of the Toronto Maple Leaf series. And I yeah. love reading that. Uh, because yes, the Rangers were successful, but the team that had the most success against Tampa was Toronto. They took them to seven games. No other team did. And that's where Batnar and the guys are watching that tape, what they did and improving on what they couldn't do. And I can tell you what that was defense. I think guys were great in Toronto on defense. I mean, I don't mean to talk about Toronto. Well, kind of I do. Uh, but you have a Colorado that has a better decor than what Toronto had. And that's where that is the deciding factor here with this team. And the way that they scored on Vasilevsky, the way I'm seeing Colorado shoot the puck, that's what Toronto does on odd man rushes. That's what they do in the zone. But Colorado just does it better because they're a better team. I'm going to say it flat out. They are a better team. Uh, and Tampa Bay's in tough, Scotty. They are in in a tough position, even being down 2-0, to say that you can win four to six games against Colorado, mm, I don't know. I, 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 
I, yeah, you're, 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 it's not, it's not easy. I would, if you're a betting man, I would take a bet on that because the payout might be pretty good because that's how bad the odds are against Tampa right now. Uh, and I love to see it, Scotty. I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't love it. I love it from all angles, from a bias angle that I'm not going to get into again. And I like it just because I want to see a new champion and I would love to see McKinnon lift that cup. Uh, I want to see Kadri lift that cup. Everyone knows that I'm a Kadri fan. Uh, it'd be great to see Colorado get this win for the first cup since 2001 and they're on the right track. Tampa Bay has a lot of work to do, um, but it's not impossible. Not impossible indeed. David McKeg Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, the Toronto Blue Jays are losing two of three to the best team in baseball, the New York Yankees. Uh, Blue Jays currently 11 games back, but still firmly in one of the three wild card spots in our remaining time. Uh, just give us an update on the Blue Jays and what you've seen uh, from this past week. Simply put, right now, the Yankees were better than the Jays. Um, yeah. And I don't mean to, you know, that's hard for me to say because you go into this year and um, I honestly I honestly don't predict that when you look at the Toronto Blue Jays that you would have expected them to have that the challenge because this year they – um, they mentioned uh, that this would be a team that's a top two, right? Dodgers, Jays. That was the prediction this year. But the Yankees watched them this year. They're getting hits. Glaber Torres is back. Josh Donaldson's been a good fit. But Judge, <laughs> the, what, the first Yankee since Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle to hit 25 home runs in 60 games. Like those good company. Of- Good That's company. very, very good company. And I think it was Mickey Mantle was the other one, but um, they, those are impressive stats. And the pitching's been great. The bullpen's been great for the Yankees. This was a good measuring stick for the Jays. I love that term. I think it's an appropriate term to use because ultimately uh, the Jays are a very good ball team. They have the hitting. Kirk's been a present surprise. The bullpen has been inconsistent, I want to say. Um, to some of them have at least. The pitching, very inconsistent, especially if you're Jose Barrios. Kevin Gosman's had a couple bad outings now. Um, the Kikuchi, really inconsistent. But the Jays' bats, when they need to come alive, they can. And then yesterday's game on Sunday, that would be the 19th, that was a very gutsy comeback for the Jays. They needed that. That, that, that. That's what you need to turn around potentially a week or two in your season to really try to get a run going, get the confidence going, get the bats going, make sure you feel it. You have the home crowd behind you, just being energetic as can be. But the Yankees, got proved that they are currently the better team than the Jays and why they are higher in the standings. And I think a bigger reason was pitching was a big part. Trent Thornton and or even, sorry, uh, Richards uh, threw a nice, Birthday cake, I believe it was, I don't know if it was to Rizzo, to, to, to Anthony Rizzo, give him a nice little birthday cake, right in the middle, happy birthday, out of the ballpark, okay? <laughs> Like, like, here you go. I, I even think I could have hit a home run on that, okay? And I'm not a home run hitter when I play ball. That was a meatball. That's the term I'm looking for. That was a meatball, if you will. And I, I think if the Jays can add some pitching, that's, that's been the concern for years. Their bullpen has been a problem. Romano's lights out. We know that. Simber usually is as well. But they still don't have that consistent seventh and eighth inning arm that can set up Romano perfectly. Simber maybe. Uh, could be that guy if he can get that consistency back. Uh, but again, the Jays bullpen and the pitching, when I see them pitching against, uh, against the Yankees, I just see the Yankees, the players eyes light up, Scotty. They're like, mm, mm, mm. Like it's, 
they they love it and they love playing at the Rogers Center. Uh, it, it's the Yankees are just better, Scott, overall. But the Jays had a big win on Sunday. They're still, I think. The Jays can still catch up to the Yankees. They have some work to do, uh, of course, but the, the, the Yankees have a very good ball team. And if you're a Yankee fan, you should like what you're watching. But if you're a Jays fan, I think you still enjoy what you're watching because this team, yes, has been hot and cold, but they have shown what they can do. And if they can play what they can do, this team is just as good, if not better than the Yankees for real. Just my biggest concern is that the pitching needs to get consistent and the hitting, Scott, they, they cannot be, there's been a lot of inconsistencies throughout the entirety of the team. They need to get consistent all at the same time. Like the Yankees have, if you want to have success in the AL this year. And I'll they, say quickly, I'm going to Milwaukee this weekend to see them in the Brewers. Uh, that's going to be a great series. I'm very excited to uh, go see them in Milwaukee. Uh, see them a second time in two and a half weeks. Uh, hopefully <laughs> They have a win this time when I go there, though. Yeah, don't go down that slide, Dave, if uh, Milwaukee gets a home run. I don't think you can live up to it here in Sioux, Ontario, if someone sees you on that big yellow slide they have in the outfield. So make me that deal, okay? I, will, I won't go down shirtless. I probably, no, I'm just kidding. I won't go down. <laughs> <laughs> Dave McKay Jr. joining us on The Game. You can find all editions of The Game Sports Show on the website, thegamesportshow.com. Dave, as always, thanks for joining us. Uh, safe travels to Milwaukee. Enjoy your weekend in Wisconsin. And we'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of The Game, sir. Scotty, thank you very much. And listeners, make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on the Game Sports Show and TGEM. And just to get you guys to know, uh, Justin Pogge upload will be uploaded this week as well. So make sure you got your eye out for that. And Scotty, as always, thank you very much. I can't wait uh, to get back in uh, person to see you, as I say, every week. Very soon indeed. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will be joined by Butch Davis, host of Butch on Sports and co-host of The Game. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game. News Talk 1400. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 648 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you. Joining us now on the game and for the rest of tonight's edition, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Brand new edition of Butch on Sports from Sunday, which you can find on Butch's website. Just go to simplybutch2, that's T-O-O dot podomatic dot com. You can also find all editions of Butch on Sports on our podcast page, The Game's sportshow.podbean.com as Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on not only in the Metro Detroit sports region but sports across the state of Michigan across our great United States of America and around the world. Butch, a belated happy Father's Day and happy Juneteenth to you, sir. How you doing on this Monday night, my friend? I'm doing great, Scott. Air conditions, new air conditions in. Nice. I, 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 I can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah, you guys are getting some heat. Yeah, that's, that's good to hear, Butch. And uh, Butch, we're, we didn't cover a lot of local sports uh, because we had uh, guests from the Pickford Panthers varsity softball team who made it to their first ever state semifinal. Let's start with uh, the finals from this past weekend in high school softball, the team that knocked out Pickford in the semifinals, Unionville Seaboy 
going. They win yet another state title over Ottawa Lake Whiteford, four to one in Division Three Millington over Everett, three to two in eight innings. Division Two Stevensville Lakeshore six, Trenton two, and in Division One Allen Park shuts out Macomb Dakota by the score of five to nothing. Moving to high school baseball, Butch. Before we get your comments, uh, the only other team that was involved in the semifinals from our area, Rudyard, making it to their fourth ever state semifinal. They fell to Riverview Gabriel Richard uh, on Thursday by the score of 10 to three. The Bulldogs finished their season 28, seven and one. And next week we will have guests from the Rudyard Bulldogs baseball team. We're hoping to get them on this week, but their head coach, Billy Mitchell and pitcher uh, EJ Suggett are taking part in a high school all-star game at Comerica Park tonight. So good excuse for them not to be on the show. Division four finals, uh, Gabriel Wachard, they beat Beal City four to three in baseball. Division three, Buchanan over Detroit Edison three to one. Division two, Forest Hills Eastern, they shut out Grand Rapids Christian three to nothing. And in Division One, Orchard Lake St. Mary's, they shut out Gross Point North one to nothing. So, Butch, um, the book has been closed on the 2021-22 sports season in high school sports. And in a couple months, it'll all start again. And any comments on those games or maybe some of the sports I missed from this past weekend? Missed nothing there. Uh, Riverview, Gabriel Richard, five minutes from my home. Yep. Um, they're, they're still celebrating in there. Um, downtown Detroit, uh, Detroit Edison, another team locally here, uh, represented well. They didn't get in uh, the big dance there, but again, represented us very well there. Um, uh, I do Allen I, Park. I, I, I know you hate them. <laughs> Here. They always beat us. They were they're ten minutes away from my house. Okay, so congratulations there. A lot of Down River and Trenton who did lose in Division Two for the girls and whatnot. There, the Stevensville uh, Lakeshore, another Down River team that's about twenty minutes away from my my home there. Um, you know, well represented here. Down River is still safe when it comes down to playing baseball. Um, and and in the city of Detroit again, uh, great performances by all there. And again, as I did last night, congratulate all of them who did partake in the in the playoffs. There, it's, it's a difficult year, difficult season, but everybody got skated. Pretty doggone well here. They did indeed, Butch. Uh, one other softball note, Ashley Menominee of the Lake Superior State Club softball team. She was named a National Club Softball Association second team All-American as she is a pitcher and outfielder for the Lakers. Uh, she had uh, 35 strikeouts and 11 pitching appearances and batted 404. She never struck out all season long. Uh, and when she wasn't pitching, she played center field. So congratulations to Ashley Menominee. She's been a guest on this show and uh, certainly a well-deserved honor. Butch, uh, let's get to the Detroit Tigers before we hit our top of the hour break. Uh, All that ends well doesn't necessarily make all things well for the Detroit Tigers. 
we would have had this show on Friday, Butch, we would have uh, lambasted that team as uh, they started their 10-game homestand, losing seven of eight games and scoring just 11 runs in those eight games. Well, the Tigers finally got their offense going uh, Saturday and Sunday, uh, de- defeating Texas 14-7 to and then winning on Sunday 7-3. to The Tigers now 26-40, and 11 games behind first place Minnesota. They begin a long road trip, three at Boston, starting tonight then they travel out west to Arizona before ending that trip at San Francisco uh Butch uh, the bats finally came alive and we saw the first appearance of Riley Green uh, maybe just maybe he's the spark that uh, the Tigers needed in the short term he's been uh you know one of the highest prospects and you've been always preaching you know you got to play the right players and let these kids play certainly a, a better end to the home stand than what was the mess that was uh the beginning and most of it well, <clears throat> don't get me wrong every team go through trials and tribulations and whatnot here but again when i repeat myself for a million times here see like a million times i've said this the Tigers are not playing the best people on the field there. They, they haven't done it all year long. The injuries or whatever it may be. Uh, Robbie Grossman, if you notice this uh, particular weekend, that woke up like a hog, woke up to sloppy and whatnot <laughs> here. And when you get a person like Riley Green, who's not only great on offense and, and being a catalyst here, but also doggone good on defense. We can play every position in the outfield. So that made somebody disposable if they're not putting up the dog on numbers there. And Victor Reyes, who is putting up the numbers per se, they, who is going to be starting tonight along with Cabrera, who was not in the lineup late yesterday there. <clears throat> We're going to see how this tilts. Uh, big fat in a the hurry there. But again, the Tigers can now try to establish uh nine men in the outfield and in the infield there in order to, uh, you know, get some offense and also strike up some defense. There's a lot of things you can do when you got the right people in there. But, again, I'll say it again. The Tigers are not playing their best people on the field, and hopefully they figure that out quick, fast, and in a hurry and keep them on the field until something goes wrong. And then those people on the bench – uh, should be itching to get in to do their utmost doggoneness to get in the lineup there. And that's how that should go. It, it shouldn't be the way it is right now where everyone has to slows and, and really don't produce anything. This weekend was a great example of that. I wish they could have worn the Detroit Stars uniform. Yeah. All on the office. Keep wearing them. On this road trip. <laughs> It's not. It's not going to feel sorry for them at all. Okay, they're doing pretty doggone good. They don't won 14 out of their last 17 games. Uh, they're 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 waiting to sweat it up so they can try to catch the Yankees, which right now seems somewhat impossible. This team is just firing on all cylinders. No matter who they put in the lineup, they're producing. They're producing very well. And one thing they're doing that's better than anybody else, they're hitting the long ball. Yes, and, they are. And that's what the Tigers did this weekend. They hit the long ball. They had a various amount of ways they got on base. They took advantage of everything there. And the pitching was not all that all that bad. I think the bullpen needs to kind of snap up a little, a little taste there, along with the starting pitching. 
and hopefully if those things get intact, uh, I think the Tigers can be very competitive there. Drew Hutchinson, who was the starting pitcher yesterday, he was designated for assignment uh, shortly after that game. Uh, Major League Baseball clubs must reduce their rosters to 13 pitchers by today. And uh, Hutchinson was the player that was um, deactivated, if you will. The Tigers plan to use the roster spot to activate Jaime Candeloro from the 10-day injured list uh, as they open a three-game series tonight. So the Tigers will go with a four-man rotation until the end of June with Scooble, Brisky, Fado, who's starting tonight, and Garcia, along with a nine-man bullpen. And the Tigers and all major league teams now must carry a four-man bench. So don't think it really mattered what Hutchinson did uh, yesterday, Butch. He was kind of the the odd man out as uh, you know they had to reduce the roster by one. That's so much so. One of the pitchers mess up. Somebody's got to go, and that includes the, the bullpen as well. And they're all on notice that they got to do their best work, but they know someone like a Hutchinson is waiting in the wings yeah. and ready to go, and the others will be disposable back to Toledo. They don't want that to happen, so hopefully this is a nudge right now. But, again, that's just, that's just what I'm saying, with, again, with uh, Riley Green. Hope this, this is a nudge that – they don't stand on their little toes and have their hands on, on, on their butt and actually don't do nothing here, okay? They get more aggressive. Uh, the Tigers have the talent to do it. There's no reason that they, the performances that they have given in the past is there. And even you saw some aggressiveness from the, from the coach yesterday, uh, or the, the manager, I should say. And him getting kicked out the game. So, you know, that kind of uh, enthusiasm can rub thick. But the Tigers, again, now has to win a whole heck of a lot of games there. They do indeed, Butch. We're going to take a quick top-of-the-hour break. When Butch and I come back, we will have Hour 2 of the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show all coming up on the game at News Talk 1400. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. Let's get to the second half of the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. And welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, let's uh, continue a little more on the Detroit Tigers before we talk about uh, the rest of Major League Baseball and what's going on. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about what they need to do. Uh, certainly, uh, a lot of people have talked about what has gone wrong so far. Uh, currently, the Tigers are on a 97 plus loss pace uh, their run rate which has improved over the past couple of games is still under three and you know 
this has been a team that's been hit very hard by injuries, uh, currently without four of their top five starting pitchers, and that doesn't include Spencer Turnbull, who had Tommy John surgery last July, uh, Tyler Alexander, who opened the season as the number five starter. He's been demoted to the bullpen, but you look at these other starters, Matt Manning, he's been out since April 20th with shoulder inflammation. He was recently cleared to resume flooring, uh, f- throwing rather. Casey Mize, a uh, big, big loss. He's out for this season and some of 2023 as he's required Tommy John surgery. Michael Pineda, he's been out since May 15th with a broken finger. He's going to be- begin rehab assignment uh, tomorrow. And Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez, he's been out since May 22nd with a rib injury and uh, placed on the restricted list due to his personal matters. So, you know, outside of the hitting, which has been atrocious, you know, you lose four of your five top pitchers. That's uh, not good. Uh, for the Tigers, their pitching has been okay, all things considered. But outside of the injuries, Butch, and not playing uh, the best players and the hitting, is there any other thing that I'm missing as far as what's gone wrong with the Tigers so far? I don't know. My question is, who said that they those uh, Tiger pitchers were the best pitchers? I don't think so. Yeah, well, they were, they were the projected starting you know, five, right? That's, that's <laughs> Your point's well taken here. Uh, the, I think the big deal is is that uh, Matt Manning, I don't think you're going to see him any sooner than later. Uh, I think they're going to end up shutting him down for the rest of the year if they're smart. Because right now they're in, decided on his status, on how he's going to do things. Is you know, Sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. It's been Matt Manning's uh, calling card right now. So they need to find out what's exactly wrong with him. Get that straightened out. It may take a year or the rest of the season to get him right in order to be a plentiful pitcher for the next five or six years. I think the Tigers have made some bad moves here in, in, in some of the pitching staff there. I, I think if uh, Al Avila had to do all over again, some of the players that he went out and got, such as Baez, who can't throw a ball straight, <laughs> if, 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 if Spencer Torkinson don't have somewhere close to the silver glove or whatever the hell they give for that particular there, you know, because he, he's made a career right now, and this is his first year as a rookie, of saving the hide of of Javier Baez. I don't know what's wrong with him. Lately here, he has woke up to be part of the team via knocking in runs or getting on base, but he has to do that all the time. And, but, you know, my biggest uh, P is his defense, his stinks. Robbie Grossman, uh, the first part of the year, he was non-showing. Now, he's again, he's picked up a stick. And he, and he's doing pretty doggone well. How long is that going to be? Because he is very well accountable and counted on. Eric Haas, okay, we don't talk about him too much there, but to me, he's the better catcher right now than the catcher they're doing the majority of the of, of the of the catching for the team there. And 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 is is but his batting average stinks. Lately here, the last two games, he has made huge contributions there. That has to happen more than, than than not there. Because, again, these are players that we looked at last year 
and thought they would do at least equal to or better than what they did before. And and they're not pulling it off there. So you can blame a lot of it to do with the players themselves not being motivated to get out there every single day and give their all. And you can blame a whole heck of a lot of it on the management staff and the upper management staff for not getting this team straightened out sooner than they are right now. There Again, there's a lot of time left in this particular, uh, you know, season for the Tigers to show their oats and try to be competitive for a playoff spot. And I say Atlanta Braves, no one thought yep. of that particular team, but they didn't get started to August, and they're the world's champions right now. Anything can happen. So the Tigers got to win games. That's first thing foremost. The starters got to get their innings. Seems like uh, six or seven innings is that going to be their max. The bullpen must come in there, like Fomer and others, to clean up the mess and not give a, a, a big blast to uh, maybe a, a lead or something and give it up. Soto's got to be a lot better. He's got to be a lot more courageous and a lot more courteous in how he does his business. So there's a lot to work with right now there. And that is right now the coach's responsibility to get these players motivated, put the best lineup on the field, and let it go. Couldn't have said it any better myself, Butch. Let's move on to look across Major League Baseball uh, and the pennant races, the New York Yankees. <laughs> Boy, they are running away with it in the AL East. Best record in baseball, 49-17, and 17, 11 ahead of Toronto, 13 ahead of Tampa, Boston, 13 and a half back, but all three of those teams are in the wild card hunt or in positions. Watch out for Cleveland. They're just a game out of first place in the AL Central behind Minnesota. The White Sox still hanging around at five back. Uh, Houston continues to lead the AL West by a pretty good margin, although they've only gone five and five in their last 10 games. They still lead the LA Angels by nine and a half and Texas by 10. And the National League Mets with a six game lead over Atlanta. Can't forget about Philadelphia. They're still in there eight and a half back. NL Central tie between Milwaukee and St. Louis, both teams at 38 and 30. And in the NL West, the Dodgers, who got swept by the Giants over this past weekend, a uh, half game ahead of San Diego and three games ahead of San Francisco. Butch, uh, just your thoughts on Major League Baseball as a whole. San Diego. I mean, they're missing it. Mikado got hurt this weekend, yep. okay? And they're still dancing the drum here. San Francisco's not far from that as well with the three out that they are. Arizona's going to get better. They've been uh, putting up the risk. And also Colorado. I think the best uh, let's see, division is that NL West there. Uh, you know, you take it up a night, St. Louis is now in charge of the Central there. And, and and they're tied neck and neck with Milwaukee. So that's going to be a very good race there, indeed. Uh, I don't count out Philadelphia. Do not count them out. And don't say that the Mets is going to be really dramatic.
Manic unless they get their two pitchers back there. And they haven't gotten them back, but still they've found ways to win. They have a pretty good reputable home record with 24 and 10, and they got a pretty good away record with 21 and 14. So as long as they continue to do that, I see no problem there. But Atlanta is still creeping on them there, and Atlanta is a very good club. They're a very sneaky club, I would say there. And their pitching and their bullpen is outstanding. I watched them this weekend play, and Boy, you you can't ask for anything more than what those players are giving out there in Atlanta. There, so it it, it, it seems like the National League right now got a lip. You talked about the Yankees. Nothing else said. Toronto is them them games back. They got a lot of work to do. And, and Minnesota and Cleveland is only one game back there. So Minnesota is going to have to step it up a notch. And I don't think they will. I think Cleveland and also Chicago is going to get better. If Detroit shows any electricity, and right now they're only 11 games back, which it should be worse, okay? Right. Uh, you know, you're 18 and 22 at home, okay? You're eight, where before this home stand started, they was over 500, okay, if you can remember. Uh, they got to do better at home, number one. They got to win games on the road. If they don't do that, you're going to forget, kiss Detroit goodbye there. Now, in the West division there, I don't say the Angels are out of it. They're only nine and a half games back. Houston is going to run away with it. But, again, something tells me that the AL West is going to start some trouble there. And Houston has not had a very – Big slump. They has not had one there. Although in the last ten games, they're only they're five and five, uh, so they're staying at five hundred or above. So uh, look out for L.A. and and the Angels and also Texas to give Houston a sweat here for at least a minute. Yeah, some of my thoughts, Butcher, I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, the two teams that seem to be charging uh, the Braves, uh, you know, Austin Riley, uh, he hit two home runs uh, in their 14-game winning streak. Uh, you know, that was the second largest uh, win streak for Atlanta in franchise history, uh, just behind a 15-game streak they had back in 2000. We saw the blueprint of this last year where Atlanta took even longer to get uh, going in Major League Baseball. and. They ended up uh, winning the World Series. Uh, Boston, who plays the Tigers tonight, uh, you know, they, you mentioned they've won, what's 14 out of 17, uh, winning Road Series this past week against the Angels and Mariners. And uh, Raphael Devers, he has been uh, very good this year. He's batting 354 with 13 homers and 16 doubles since the beginning of May. So Red Sox seem to be getting hot. You, you talk about the New York Yankees. I mean, I don't know what more you can say about Aaron Jones. Judge uh, joining a very elite company, uh, getting 25 home runs already. You look at how the Yankees rank 
in the majors among the top teams. They're the top in home runs, ERA, run differential, and opponent batting averages. Uh, you can't do much better than that, and there's a reason that they're in first place in the AL East. And the New York Mets, how about Pete Alonzo? You want to talk about an RBI machine. He has 59 RBIs through the Mets' first 63 games, and he's on a pace of 151 RBIs. That would shatter the record uh, shared by Mike Piazza and David Wright of 124. It's, it's tough to make uh, that keep that pace, I should say, but Alonzo certainly uh, has been one of, if not their best player. And this race in the NL West, Butch, uh, very intrigued by it with the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Giants. Uh, the Dodgers weekend, uh, certainly uh, not good uh, when you get swept by your bitter division rivals. That's one thing, but they also lost uh, Walter Butchler to a flex strain. Uh, he will not return until September, which means that the Dodgers will be without one of their uh, important starters and uh, another reliever that got injured earlier this season. Uh, they have depth on that team, so I don't think uh, the Dodgers are done by any stretch, but uh, the Padres, uh, just th that's a fun team to watch, Butch. I really like the San Diego team. You know, they made great strides last year, and with San Francisco and Arizona in the mix, it, it, it looks to be probably the best race, I think, in Major League Baseball as far as four divisions, the NL West. Butch, we're going to take a break, and we come back. 63 RBI. Yeah, 63 RBIs. Not bad indeed. Butch, we're going to take a break. We come back. We will move on to the NBA. We have crowned a champion and the NBA draft coming up here in just a few days. All coming up on the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game. News Talk 1400. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. Reed Metals in Tafter, your honest main source recycling business, hopes everyone is staying safe. Reed Metals is still paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, lead-based batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Reed Metals also buys copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals. Reed Metals wants to pay you for your scrap metals and scrap vehicles. Reed Metals also offers roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com. Reed Metals, conveniently located only 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who, who got, got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? 
or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. 716 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, on Thursday, the NBA draft takes place at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn and with the fifth pick in this year's NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select. Well, we'll find out on Thursday. It's been rumored that the Pistons are going to trade Jeremy Grant, and the speculation has only increased uh, as of late, so we don't know what's going on there. Uh, you know, teams that uh, seem to be interested in him, uh, Miami, Portland, and uh, others. Uh, we did see Christian Wood, former Piston, get traded to the Dallas Mavericks from Houston in exchange for a pick, uh, the 26th in this year's NBA draft. Uh, Butch, uh, just uh, your thoughts on the Pistons going in to the draft. I believe uh, General Manager Troy Weaver had a press conference this afternoon. I didn't get any information on that. What do you got? Oh, I listened to it. It was the most driest. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, you know, my. <laughs> I'm sorry for the pause. I'm going to say something that should never not be said. But here it is. Plain and simple. The man is up to something. That's, that's number one. Yep. So, not to get anybody's toes tapping here, but it's going to be something's going to jump off on that trade deadline there. Uh, you know, free agency starts this weekend after the draft. So, something's going to come out of that one. Pretty doggone deep. I just believe the Pistons is going to do something that basically, hopefully, hopefully, will make their team a lot better. The indication I got during that particular press conference is stunk. You know, and you can tell that there's something he wants to say, but he's not going to say it. So he made the press conference as bland that. I, you know, it's, it's like I should never even tuned in. But right now, you you just don't know what the Pistons are going to do. So the, my guesstimation is they're going to be making some deals. There's a huge deal because there has to be a lot done with that particular team, the Pistons we're, we're talking about right now. There are some players that they have, although maybe would be average here, would be somewhat a star somewhere else. Grant has been asked for in many places, and I'm sorry to say this, but they're going to cut him loose for something that hopefully will make their team better. Butch, what is the type of player 
to make this year's or the upcoming season's Detroit Pistons better. Not names per se, but just either via draft or via you know a trade or free agency. What what is a type of player that's needed for this team? Obviously, you need a good player and you need a potentially a big player. But in your opinion, you're closer to the team than I am. What is the type of player that the Pistons need to get in there or players? I should say. That's a very good question. I, they definitely need a strong forward, a strong forward that can play inside, outside, and make life very difficult for, you know, some of the premier centers and power forwards in the league. They don't have that right now. No. Jeremy Grant's a nice player coming off the bench and maybe for some other team that he, you know, can show some points. When he's hot, and that's the big problem that I have with Grant, he's not consistent. We need a consistent power forward that will give them 15 to 20 points a game, get X number of rebounds per game. I mean, wreak havoc on someone where basically they don't have to cheat up on 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 the guards, which basically right now we don't have very good shooting guards, okay? There are potential for that to happen, but we don't have very good shooting guards at all. We have drivers and and cutters there, basically, who like to profile instead of shooting the ball. Yeah. That needs to be greatly but we need a very good over five hundred shooting guard that will come in every night and you can depend on him shooting over 500. When teams can cheat on one player who's shooting over that 500, other players are loose. Now, you got to get some players that are complementary to that particular type of play. Now, we know we got a head coach who into the three-pointer and whatever it may be, and you don't have one three-pointer on the team that's very consistent at all. You don't have a Steph Curry. You don't have a pool. You don't have those type of players there. Uh, that has to change, and his philosophy, I think, very much so needs to change. Either that or our, head co- uh, our manager has to get rid of them and get somebody in here who basically know how to handle players. I don't I'm I'm just sorry, but I'm not a big gatherer of the particular coach we have right now. Very good with players. They may like them. Yeah. Maybe because they can do what they want to do. But a good coach is going to get you to do what you need to do in order for the team to be successful. And you can't make other players successful then basically the team is out of luck. Which final question, uh, potentially is Keegan Murray, the forward out of Iowa, uh, that type of player? I mean, you look at his stats, uh, 23 and a half points a game, almost nine rebounds, uh, a versatile defender. Uh, he could potentially fit into that forward rotation alongside Sadiq Bay, and uh, he can shoot pretty well. Is he a type of player uh, that the Pistons uh, might want to take a chance on? Give me a damn break. <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sorry. You know, Keegan Murray, whoever his name is, <laughs> he's, he, he may be something that the Pistons can use, but he is not big, okay? Right, is, right. That's I'm his downfall. Built, you know, and that may work 
Epidu per se, and his flashiness and whatnot, I do like. I do like his aggressiveness on the boards and also offensively. I like it. Uh, you know, my thing is, is, is that the big bang for your buck when maybe you can put together or maybe trade down to get a, a useful forward right now that can come on in and will gel with the particular players that you want to put together and be successful. Again, we need a a forward, a power forward that can score at least 15, 20 points a game and get you at least 10, 15 rebounds per, per style. And we don't have that right now. We don't have a strong rebounding team. We don't have a strong assist. Uh, team either when it comes down to distributing the ball. And that's my problem I have with this whole thing altogether. It's got to be that's why I listened to this particular conversation that our coach had and the general manager had and it, I'm more than convinced than ever that they're going to try to make a deal. So we'll see Thursday if I'm right or wrong. If they do get the particular player, that, and then if he's there, okay, and we're talking about a player, you know, subsidiary, people say he's going to be there. If he's there, if, if he's not there, then who is the happy-go-lucky person that's going to take the spot to come on in for the Pistons to, to make them a better team than they have been in the last five or six years. We will know uh, Thursday and potentially after that and certainly talk about it on next week's show. Butch, the Golden State Warriors win the NBA Finals, their fourth title in eight years. Steph Curry wins his first Finals MVP. This is a team that still is uh, quote-unquote raising two lottery picks during this title run and uh, they get another championship in six games over the Boston Celtics. Uh, your thoughts on the NBA Finals, Golden State, I was pretty high on going into the playoffs, and uh, they did it again, fourth title in eight years. And I hate Boston. <laughs> I know you I do. Just, uh, I'm not a Boston fan at all. It never happened. But, you know, what can you say about the team? They developed those players during the down times that the Warriors had. And it was a good three years, okay, with Thompson being out almost a year and a half. Curry was out of almost a majority of the year. Draymond Green, another one, majority of the year. <clears throat> and you have players like Wiggins and Looney, who, by the way, is a free agent, okay? That would be a thought. Yeah. And you know, for the Pistons, what do you say? And he's a, he's a good age, too. He would fit in very young and has experience in winning because he will have a ring either <clears throat> sooner than later. But, again, you, boy, the, the Warriors gave you so much that, you know, so many people put them down. I was so happy with the Warriors winning because Stephen A. Smith, the clown that he is. <laughs> Your buddy. Yeah, my, yeah, he is still my buddy. You know, him and Michael, they're still my friends. But the clown show he put on there and the egg that he had to wipe off his face is totally <laughs> – I enjoyed every minute of it. i just put it that way. And when the Warriors went into Boston and took care of the business, where this, you know, this season could be over, 
which I was glad to see. Uh, you can't find no happier guy than I was. But the Warriors, they, they did their job, and they did it very well. And those same players who was on the men, they came back, and they were great, okay? They were great. And, and we're talking about Draymond, Draymond as well. He didn't change his style or his pace. He just did what he can do when he had the availability to do it. You can't find no better leaders than that, okay? And those kids who came on off the bench, the Wiggins, the Loonies, the Pools, the boy, the, the list goes on and on. Uh, and uh, wait a minute, Gary Payton's son. Yep. Let's, let's put him in the mix as well. There, come on. This that that team is, has a fight and a bite for another couple of years. And then some Butch, I mean, you mentioned uh, Wiggins and Poole and Peyton Jr. We didn't even see on the court uh, James Wiseman, who was the number yeah, two pick in 2020. And then the lottery picks last year, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. I mean, you want to talk about a great blend of veterans and rookies. And how nice is it as a lottery pick from the previous season to be able to sit on the bench when your team wins the NBA championship and knowing potentially that that could be you in a year or two. So Golden State is not going anywhere. They're not a one-trick pony. They will be in the mix next season for sure. Butch, we're going to take our bottom of the hour break. When you and I come back, we will move on to the NHL Game 3 of the Stanley Cup play, or the Stanley Cup Finals rather tonight, and we'll talk about some more coaches that have been snatched up. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game. News Talk 1400. Are you looking to get fit or maybe just stay in shape? The All-in-One Fitness Club can help you with all your fitness wants and needs. Their great facility is fully equipped with locker rooms, saunas, and the best cardio equipment, along with the best plate-loaded and cable equipment around. The All-in-One Fitness Club also offers great deals for seniors, students, state, and federal employees, all with no yearly contract and no hidden fees. Wow! Come join today upstairs at the Big Bear Arena, where you'll achieve all your fitness goals. For more information on hours and more, go to Sutra. Health.com. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern Upper Peninsula for over 40 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Call 906-632-1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric. 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things. Like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 
And welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, let's move on to the National Hockey League. The Detroit Red Wings head coaching search continues. And you can scratch two names off the list. John Tortorella, he agreed to a four-year contract with Philadelphia last Thursday. And then today, ESPN is reporting that the Dallas Stars, they're closing in on a contract with Peter DeBoer to make him their next coach. So scratch those names off the list, Butch. And again, things, at least from up here, real quiet on the Red Wings front as far as head coaching. Uh, your thoughts? I still say Federal. I do too. That's okay. You know, it stay. It should stay quiet. Go let them chill out. Go where they gotta go. We don't need leftovers, okay? We need some fresh meat in here. We need someone and a coach that basically right now don't care what the players think if they're gonna go in a positive direction. We have had coaches right now. Um, the last coach we had. He had an advantage of having players that coach. He coached in Grand Rapids and came down here to absolutely nothing. So, and, and we didn't get too far with it. So, I think Steve Eisenman has a plan in place that he needs to get a coach that basically right now who will raise the sand when it has to be raised and get the players playing like they should be playing. Uh, this city deserves that, you know, and I'll say it again. The Red Wings nation has been the most cooperative nation when it comes down to fan base, along with the Lions, okay? You know, take out the Pistons and the Tigers. Yep. But those fans show up every single game, sell the place out, and get absolutely nothing, dropping their heads to the ground, and they done spend hundreds of dollars in liquor and food and frolics. You know, they, they got to get better than what they're getting and whatnot there. So right now, I'm, I'm good with seeing it nice and quiet on the home front until this uh, Stanley Cup is over. And then that's when I think the Pistons, not the Pistons, but the Red Wings will make a decision. Tomorrow night, Butch, uh, potentially something could happen for a Detroit Red Wings player that has not happened since 1965 as rookie defenseman Moritz Sider. He is one of the three finalists for the Calder Trophy as the NHL's Rookie of the Year. It will be announced tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Sider joins uh, Michael Bunting from the Maple Leafs and Trevor Zegras from Anaheim as the Calder finalist. Six Red Wings, Butch, have been runner-up for this award since 1966. The last Red Wing to win the Calder Cup was goaltender Roger Crozier back in 1965. Six wings... Six wings have been runners-up, including Burt Marshall, Mike Foligno, Steve Iserman, Sergei Fedorov, Nick Lindstrom, and Jimmy Howard. Uh, certainly a disappointing Red Wings season, Butch, but uh, Cider, he's one of the favorites, if not the favorite. Uh, he could be named Calder Trophy Award winner tomorrow night. And if he's not, there's something wrong. Yep. There's something radically wrong because the two other participants that you named there, they had wilds and flutters there, okay, particularly in their, in their game. But there's other players on their team that made them somewhat special. Sider did it all by himself. Sure there. did. And at times, 
he seemed like the only one who was coming out to play versus the team that he is on right now. Yeah. Didn't show a cahoot. So uh, I think Snyder has a, the inside out in getting that award. Hopefully he does. Yeah, big honor and something that hasn't happened. Roger Crozier, though, boy. Roger <laughs> Crozier was a, was a mess. He was, he, he was my hero. Very good. Butch, game three of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight in Tampa Bay. The Colorado Avalanche with a 2 nothing lead after absolutely taking the lightning to the woodshed in game two, winning by the score of 7 to nothing. Game three will begin around 8 o'clock. Uh, Butch, Tampa's been here before. They've been down in series, uh, but certainly winning four out of five against the way this Colorado Avalanche team is playing is a mighty big task. It starts tonight. Obviously, they got to win it. But your thoughts on the Stanley Cup Finals, Colorado? Ooh, they look good. Well, I listen to Dave McKay, and as usual, I disagree. He made dang call good sense. Okay, on what he saw and what he saw, he's not blind. I think right now, Tampa Bay's biggest problem is is that Vasilevsky is doing one heck of a job in stopping the initial puck. Okay, right. stopping the puck when it's shot. Now, in other series, such as the Rangers series and other series with the Maple Leafs, Tampa seemed to have that defenseman or forward out there to bail Vasilevsky out and clearing the puck. And right now, that is the biggest problem that Tampa Bay really has. They're not clearing the puck after that initial stop on the stage, where they have done it very, very successfully. And, and we're just proficient at it, okay? They're not being proficient in this particular series. Uh, again, Colorado is big, they're husky, they're built, and so is Tampa Bay. But it seems like that defenseman or that forward is not clearing the puck. And, you know, as, as, as good teams go, and such as uh, Colorado, they're, they're, once that shot is given, they're going in toward the net, and they're not clearing them out. If that happens, then Tampa Bay has a very good chance of getting back in the series. If they don't do that, okay, well, you can say just kiss this goodbye, and they'll be parading Endeavor pretty doggone sooner than later. A couple other hockey notes, Butch. The Ontario Hockey League crown their champion in Game 7. Hamilton, they knock off Windsor 6-1 to in front of almost 12,000 fans in Hamilton for Game 7, which is a new record in the league's modern era post-1980. Bulldogs advance to represent the OHL at the 2020 Memorial Cup, uh, which begins tonight, uh, and uh, New Brunswick joining the St. John's Sea Dogs, the Edmonton Oil Kings, and the Schwawinigan Cataractas. I hope I got that right. It's French, so I probably butchered it. And the OHL announced the regular season openers for all 20 teams. The Sioux Greyhounds will begin their season at home September 30th against North Bay. Butch, I know you're a big hockey guy. Uh, does the Memorial Cup pique your interest? It's pretty late to have it this year, but do you ever uh, watch some of the Memorial Cup? Yeah, I, I've been a part of in my younger day as a reporter there. I remember uh, Portland, uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, when they was in the uh, the uh, the uh, Carter Trump uh, particular there, and when they won there, uh, the what's it, the winner, the winner hawks, winter hawks, yep. what their yep. name was, the Portland Winter Hawks. Okay, I remember that, but that's so long ago. 
You can't smell the farts. I, I, I can understand that. But, yeah. But Windsor, I was disappointed because they're a neighboring team right across the river from us there. Uh, they're out of the out of the picture. But, again, I, I like Hamilton. And I like the team from New Brunswick, okay, in St. John's. I like those two particular teams. And if I'm not mistaken, one of those particulars is going to be in the finals. I think so. Finally, Butch, uh, Lake Superior State University announced their 2022-23 full hockey schedule. We already covered the league schedule. The Lakers will begin October 1st with an exhibition game at Michigan Tech and then be at home against Nipissing uh, for an exhibition on October 2nd. What a non-conference schedule they have in October and early November. They play Nebraska-Omaha October 14th and 15th, all at home. University of Michigan comes up to Sault Ste. Marie the 21st and 22nd and Clarkson the 28th and 29th and the Lakers will open up CCHA play at home against Northern Michigan November 4th and 5th. Butch we're going to take our final break of the night but when you and I come back we have a lot more to cover in a short period of time so we'll get right to it. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional and national sports show, The Game News Talk 1400. Now's the time of the year to get more for your money on a new Mahindra, the world's number one selling farm tractor. Enjoy 0% financing on select Mahindra tractors. That's more for less on Mahindra's best-selling models. We deliver more lift, better fuel efficiency, and more built-in weight. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales. Come on in and test drive a new Mahindra today. And remember, we also carry a full line of Boss Plows, Cub Cadet, Woods Implements, Xmark mowers, Echo Power Equipment, and Doolittle Trailers. Give us a call today at 906-478-3026. And remember, I-75, exit 373 in Rudyard for the best service in the EUP. Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. 
743 on the game. News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. If you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it a little bit later on, around 815 on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, let's move on to football. Uh, Not a whole lot of news that I've seen from the past week uh, for the Detroit Lions. I think I saw something where Jared Goff proposed or something, uh, but that's about it. Uh, Anything to report out of Lions camp? Always pretty quiet this time of year. Have you heard anything? They're all on vacation, having a good time. After the doggone team will come back injured. Right. No, well, we haven't heard not a not a peep out of them there. Although the uh, USFL uh, particular season for majority yep. of the players are done and over with, I'm quite sure that they're going to be looking at some of those players in that particular league and see if they can get their hands on maybe two or three or four of those particulars and uh, maybe bring them into camp as well. Uh, but again, we won't hear too much from the Lions. I'll give them two weeks or so there when things start stirring up here and getting ready for the actual camp itself in uh, July. Yeah, and you mentioned the Michigan Panthers, Butch, and the USFL. Uh, they win their game uh, yesterday against Pittsburgh, twenty-four to nothing. Both teams were one and eight going into that game, or one and seven, I should say. And Michigan with the win. They get the first pick. They switched it up in the USFL. Normally, the team with the worst record in the league gets the number one pick. They decided the winner of the game gets the number one pick. Good job by the USFL. I like that move. I like it, too, here. The NFL never adapted. Nope, they won't. (laughs) Oh, boy. But, yeah, I like the move. And, again, they they won a game. Uh, They didn't, you know, they probably – had a huge party and whatnot before they packed their bags and got the heck out of Birmingham, Alabama uh, to go parts unknown. And for a lot of those players, it's parts unknown there. But, again, I, I like the USFL. It's a shame that the setup, the way they have it right now, Horrible. is only beneficiary for the home team, which is the Birmingham Stallions there. But, Again, we'll see some changes in that particular league um, as things go on if they decide to have it next year. Bush, U.S. Open over the weekend in Brookline. Matt Fitzpatrick, who never won a professional golf tournament in the U.S., wins the U.S. Open as he edged out uh, Will Zalatoris uh, on the last hole, making a great approach shot. And I believe he hit uh, 17 of 18 greens in that win. And uh, somebody that didn't hit a lot of greens, Phil Mickelson, <laughs> he struggled mightily. Uh, your thoughts on the U.S. Open? Certainly uh, pretty dramatic in the late stages uh, late yesterday. Plus 11. Woo! Yeah, he hurried up and got out of the couch. <laughs> he got out of there quick. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no guaranteed money in that, I'll tell you. No, what. no. He got out of town by sundown here, and and well he should, you know, because again, if Phil Nicholson just keep his mouth closed and do what he should be doing, which is uh, playing golf and being a halfway decent businessman, I heard that's not going too cool either because he's well in debt and gambling and yep. a whole lot of things, if that's true, but... Let's move on to Matthew uh, Fitzpatrick, who beat uh, Will Zalatoris uh, in that particular there. I, I felt bad for Will on mm. that last 
last swing, Ugh. where basically it, uh, it, it body action showed everything because it was the last hole where basically we would have a two-hole playoff and it didn't happen for him there. And this guy, majority of the of the tournament led it, okay, or was close to it. And, hey, the, the best man win there, you know, and Matt got a trophy just like he got nine years ago there. I was going to say, Butch, yeah, he becomes just the second golfer, male golfer, to win a U.S. Amateur and U.S. Open at the same course, Brookline being this course, joining Jack Nicholas, who did it at Pebble Beach in 1961 and 1972. Butch, uh, the world of wrestling has been rocked by allegations by Vinnie Mac, or against Vinnie Mac, I should say, as Vince McMahon uh, has stepped aside from his role as CEO and chairman of World Wrestling Entertainment during an investigation into a report that he agreed to pay hush money to a former employee over an alleged affair. Uh, the WWE announced this on Friday. They also say that uh, they are cooperating. Uh, misconduct not only by him, but one of my favorites, John Laranitis, head of talent relations. As I mentioned, uh, McMahon is cooperating. Uh, he did appear on SmackDown, uh, kind of an odd appearance. He wasn't out there much, but uh, he has said in a statement, I have pledged my complete cooperation to the investigation by the special committee, and I will do everything possible to support the investigation. In the meantime, McMahon's daughter, Stephanie, she will serve as interim CEO and chairwoman of WWE. Now, McMahon will still be on television, and we saw him on SmackDown. We may see him tonight on Raw. Butch, your thoughts on one of my favorite characters of all time in wrestling, Vinnie Mac. Allegations, hush money, the drama is intriguing. Not like he did it. <laughs> Three million bucks worth <laughs> that's here. That's a lot of drama. And that's what really triggered this whole thing off there, where the board said, where's this 3 million bucks went? And when they find out what what happened to it, and Vince was very forward about it, uh, you know, not to find the happiness of Vince's wife. No. Oh, to my knowledge, he's still married to her. Um, I don't know. Um He's gonna, there's some other things gonna go on in this particular there, but again, it makes room for Stephanie McMahon and also Triple H. Yep. To come, uh, come on board and, and, and uh, we know right now Triple H is doing the, the work on the NXT brand there, but again, it might be the best thing in the town for the WWE to, you know, for right now, for Vince to stand down and allow Stephanie to make use some of her creative juices and getting uh, the WWE back in the fold again. I, I, you and I have talked about it for yep. weeks and weeks. Where right now the AEW, far as uh, the the matches and how they do their uh, TV shows and whatnot, is the better picture than right now the WWE. That's the first. 15, 20 minutes is due to talking and not wrestling there. So it, 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 we'll, 
we'll see how this go out. We know Vince is guilty. We know that much is for sure. I think so, Butch. And uh, certainly, if you tune into AEW on Wednesday, I would be shocked if they don't make a slight reference uh, to the ongoings of the WWE. Uh, that should be a pretty entertaining broadcast. You know, they got to at least make a reference somewhere. Sure, they're going to make reference. And also, Tasha Banks. Yeah. Sasha. Oh, Sasha Banks. Yep. It was fired. Okay, a week and ten days ago here. Don't be don't be surprised, boys and girls, where she's gonna go. And it's coming. I like and it. And that will make the AEW a lot more credible with their women's division for what I look at right now. And besides um a couple of maybe wrestlers in the WWE. I like Oscar. I like um the young lady who has the uh, the championship right now in Raw, I like uh, you know I like her style and whatnot there. Um, but other than that, you get the same old baloney here, and the something's got to kick that up a notch too. But that's going to be a feather in the cap of the AEW if they get Sasha Banks. Butch in the WNBA, uh, Sue Bird announced her retirement last week, and the ongoing uh, drama with Brittany Griner continues. Uh, the country of Russia has extended her uh, imprisonment, if you will, uh, due to her uh, what they claim are uh, illegal drugs that were found upon her uh, when she was in Russia before the war started. And then I just came across something late this afternoon that uh, the Russians tried to get a call to uh, Brittany's wife and it went through the u.s embassy and uh, 12 missed calls there was nobody at the u.s embassy to staff the call so we haven't talked much about Brittany griner and this uh, ongoing uh, detention in russia but this this is a serious situation and uh, certainly one uh, no one would want to be in i think the biggest question is how diplomatic is the united states and finding out what is really going on in this particular case so if anything can be done in getting Brittany Grinder released, uh, it don't seem like they're at any urgency to do so. And I think it's making a lot of women mad in the WNBA, uh, as well as a lot of players in the NBA and also athletes in general here, how that is very much so being handled here. I, I can't understand... You know, where's the uh, diplomatic diplomacy here when it comes down to this particular individual who basically, from the word of me, if this is all true, why would you bring hash in somebody's country that right now, you know, is not too cultural with the United States? And, and why would she go to Russia in the first place to play basketball when uh, there were chilling little... Uh, responses of what Russia and and the country they're fighting over right now, that was way before she decided to make a trap, okay, that she knew about this. So why go over in the first place? I I don't understand it. Some things got to be a lot more clear for me to 
you know, to raise a responsibility on it. But I know uh, some of the players in WNBA, majority of them, feel that right now uh, the United States is not using their diplomacy to try to get this girl out of there. Butch, let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I will start. Thumbs up to the Pickford Panthers softball team and the Rudyard Bulldogs baseball team, uh, both making it to where few teams up in this area make it to state semifinals. We talked earlier with their head coach, Matt Matt uh, Hudacek and uh, players Chloe May and Finley Hudacek. Uh, the Panthers did lose to Unionville Seabowing in the semifinals, but a great season, never uh, making it uh, past the districts, and they make it all the way to the Final Four. And to the Rudyard Bulldogs, uh, they would fall to Riverview uh, Gabriel Richard, uh, but another uh, very successful season for that program. Uh, we were hoping to have head coach Billy Milla, M- Billy Mitchell rather, and EJ Suggett on tonight, but Billy told me they're going to be at Comerica Park managing and playing in an all-star game, hoping to get them back on next week uh, to talk about the season. So thumbs up to Rudyard and Pickford, and just really thumbs up uh, for all the teams that this year. It wasn't the easiest, uh, you know, COVID-19 still around, and was able to uh, play all the games for the most part, and especially uh, Pickford and Rudyard making it to the state semifinals. Thumbs down to the continued uh, drama that surrounds officials. Uh, Over uh, the past few weeks, a Staten Island parent coach uh, had a brutal attack on a baseball umpire in a youth game in New Jersey. This umpire suffered a broken jaw. This was on a baseball field in Branchburg where the U.S. Amateur Baseball League says a 72-year-old umpire was punched Saturday by a Staten Island player parent coach during a 13 and under game according to fellow umpire mark smith said the victim told him there were no close calls it was 16 to nothing and in between innings he said that a guy came up to him and called him a piece of so he ejected the gentleman the umpire who has been doing this for 40 years said the coach kept cursing at him eventually punched him in the face and being the brave man that he was, drove off in a truck. The league says the umpire's jaw's broken and wired shut as he awaits surgery. And even more disturbing, Butch, were reports of many of the parents uh, stating after the umpire was punched and receiving medical attention that he deserved it. You wonder why there's a shortage of officials incidents like this nine times out of 10. It doesn't involve the coach or players, but more often than not, it involves the fans and uh, just the continued uh, barrage of insults at officials. You can sign up if you want to do it. MHSA is hiring. Stop it. It's ridiculous. Start acting like adults, not like little kids. And the kids on the field don't act like the adults, and that's a problem. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. Butch, do we still got you? Yes, you do. There he is. All right. (laughs) I mean, I had to shake my head for a minute in silence there over what you just said about the officials there in in New Jersey there. Let's say thumbs up to um, the the Warriors, okay? Yes. A lot of uh, the the brass of him media said, oh, well, they they won't get it. Boston has too good of a defensive team, and yada, yada, yada. And uh, the Warriors made a fool out of them. They did. Good. And I was happy. 
I was happy to see Stephen A. Smith <laughs> put a dog face on this <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Thumbs down for our commander's owner, Mr. Snyder, mm. who again refused to testify before Congress. What do this man has to hide? I have no idea. But again, I think his best move is to sell the team and buy himself an island, okay, where he can do all the freaky things he wants because something's not right with uh, what's going on with the Washington group, uh, the Washington football team. I'll just call it like that. It is a mess, Butch. Butch Davis joining us on the game. Butch, as always, thanks for joining us. Stay cool, and we'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game, sir. I definitely will. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show. I want to thank Butch Davis and David McKegg and our special guests, Matt Hudacek, Finley Hudacek, and Chloe May from the Pickford Panthers softball team. Again, if you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it here in about 15 minutes on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. That's going to do it for this Monday night edition of the game. We'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game here on News Talk 1400. Thanks for listening to the game on News Talk 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.